AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Pick sixes in these playoffs. Second and long instead. Purdy over the middle. There's Samuel. Makes a catch and absorbs a hit. Keeps on going. And he's going to get stacked up out around the 44-yard line. It'll bring up third down. Let's see now. We showed his shoe was out. Was hurt last time. But now Debo Samuel not getting up. Or his shoe came off. This is different. 4-3 or Sebastian Mack driving to the rim. They got a mismatch underneath. Larson floats it. Follow. Finishes which is a good thing here. Nurk with a rock. Buys Durant, raising up for the win. Wow. Got the lead, but there is 1.6 on the clock. The Rose on the inbound with the runner, gets it away. A heart-stopping moment for the Western Conference Player of the Week. Delivered. In the second half, a delivered to the clutch. Second and goal. Dobbs to the air, to the end zone. Caught. Zach Ertz. Touchdown. His first touchdown since November 6th of last year. Sixth year man is the second tight end. Goff looking. St. Brown. End zone. Touchdown Detroit. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, January 23rd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the 49ers, will the Debo injury alter your opinion versus the Lions? The Juve Hoops situation, should it continue to play UCLA? The Suns, uh, should we buy them now? Zach Ertz, will he help the Lions? The NFL, what or who most stood out last weekend? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10.15 or so, we'll have a UVA UCLA basketball nostalgia segment and a lot of Valley sports talk. And also the UVA departed, uh, UVA split ways with athletic director Dave Hickey yesterday. We'll cover that and we'll get into Valley sports also with Doug Haller from The Athletic. 10.30 or so to be interactive action at 602-260-1060. Also today's bottom line and some local roundup, including some uh, Suns and Bulls analysis from last night. Another comeback victory for those Suns. And then the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup, including the latest line for the NFL Conference Championship Sunday, plus uh, some rep from the headlines and from the wire time pending. Then after the sports zone, actually, there's no after the sports zone today. Well, there's syndicated programming after the sports zone today. The extra point will return tomorrow. Usually I say after the sports zone, it's the extra point from 11 to 1 hosted by Kayla. That will return tomorrow in case you missed it the first time. Right now onto the pipeline we go. 
Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, will the questionable status of Demo, Debo, he tried to say, Debo Samuel, uh, will his questionable status determine your selection in Sunday's Lions and 49ers game? And uh, Corey's here and has the early returns. Leading right now is no, 75% there. Yes, at 25%, KDUS1060.com. Kyle Shanahan confirmed on Monday that Samuel avoided a shoulder fracture, but Samuel's status versus the Lions is to be determined. Today's ex-poll question, should the UVA and UCLA continue to play basketball after they leave for the, uh, Big 12, for the Big 12 and the Big 10? And Corey, what do we have here? Leading just barely is no, 55.6%. Yes, at 44.4%, KDUS AM 1060 on X. This should be 100%, yes. Okay, the coaches, Tommy Lloyd and Mick Cronin, have both expressed their interest in continuing the best hoops rivalry on the West Coast. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns rallied again. For the second time in seven nights, they rallied from 20-plus points behind to win a home game. Should we now buy the Suns after their sixth consecutive victory? Zach Ertz has an NFL job after being re- released by the, the uh, after being released by the Cardinals on Halloween. Uh, Ertz remained a free agent until Monday when he signed a practice squad deal with the Lions, who suffered multiple tight end uh, injuries during that game last uh, Sunday uh, against the Buccaneers. Uh, will Zach Ertz help the Lions? Is the question here. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Josh Allen. Uh, doesn't need shoulder surgery for now. Allen on Monday revealed that during his final press conference of the season. By the way, uh, props to Allen, uh, who obviously I uh, you know criticized some yesterday for his fourth quarter, but he uh, had an official press conference gathering yesterday uh, you know, at the podium. Wasn't just like some locker room scrum that happens with a lot of players at the end of the season. Uh, in a lot of sports, but uh, yeah, good for him that he you know, sat down and apparently answered questions for many minutes. I just saw some highlights of it. Uh, so there's that. Back to the question here. Does Josh Allen's shoulder issue mean that he should get uh, some slack for his poor fourth quarter during Sunday's loss to the Chiefs? Last call today for the NFL Divisional Playoff Round, which lived up to the uh, notion that the final eight round is usually the best weekend of the entire NFL season. What or who most stood out during the final four, uh, four, I should say, you know, the four NFL divisional round games? Final four would be like this week. All right, so in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what all caught your eye since our last show? Uh, that's the pipeline for today. We get to always spend this topics and much more during this, uh, today's sensational radio program, which was not off to a great start because for some reason I'm having problems reading so far in this segment. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, like I've been in this segment trying to read, you will be the target of this.
Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by hopefully a comeback from the host in the next segment. Hopefully the host will do better in the next segment. And also a U of A, UCLA basketball nostalgia discussion and more statewide sports with Doug Haller from The Athletic. Lots going on. Uh, a lot in Tucson yesterday uh, and uh, certainly the last few days in Tucson. And plus, uh, you know, Doug covers Arizona sports. So we'll cover some of the local teams, including the Suns, with Doug. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060, plus the bottom line answers from the pipeline questions that you just heard. And time pending, uh, at least some local roundup, including some Suns from last night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The U of A and UCLA played their last conference game in uh, Tucson uh, and uh, as members at least the Pac-12 conference for a wide range of topics from Valley to Tucson. We're uh, now going out to the KDUS hotline. Now joined the sports on by Doug Howard, the athletic. And Doug, as somebody who allegedly was attending the University of Arizona, I was enrolled, but I didn't go to class very often. Uh, during When the U of A joined the Pac-12, the Pac conference back in those days, I've been to a bunch of uh, UCLA, U U of A games over the last 45 years. I was sad to watch on TV on Saturday the final matchup in Tucson. You wrote a tremendous piece at The Athletic last week about the uh, U of A, UCLA basketball history with extensive information and quotes. How long did it take you to compile all this information and write the piece? Hi, Bob. Um, You know, a couple weeks. Uh, you know, I knew that game was coming up and I knew I wanted to write something on it because I don't know. I mean, I, I know people in the West understand the importance and the significance and the history behind UCLA, Arizona. I don't know if people do nationally. I mean, it's everything's kind of geared toward the East anyway. So I just made a list. And, I, and to be honest, Bob, when I first started writing it, um, I just I, I didn't know like an angle. I just knew I wanted to write something about the rivalry. Uh, and I noticed two things. One, everybody that I reached out to on both sides of the rivalry wanted to talk <laughs> because they're so upset about yeah. UCLA going to the Big Ten and Arizona going to yep. uh, the Big 12. And the other thing, just the, the the 1992 game, which I structured the story around and how great of a college mm-hmm. basketball contest, one of the best in, in Pac-12 history um, that game was. I knew I wanted to center the story around that yeah, I remember watching that game on TV. I was living in Las Vegas, and that, that was one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen, and I watch a billion college basketball games. Uh, Don McClain, <laughs> quite the villain still, huh? But it's a little less than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for people our age, I think they remember Don McClain, and he was, I mean, and not, you know, he's a great college basketball analyst, has worked for the Pat Network. Uh, for years, but back in the day, he was uh, not well liked, particularly in Tucson. He just kind of had a swagger to him, 
um, you know, it wasn't just opponents. I mean, even people on, you know, his, his former teammates said that he was an acquired taste. But, you know, every rivalry needs someone like Don McLean, someone to really kind of, uh, you know, fire yeah. up everybody when he walked into the gym. Don was that guy, and he loved being that guy. He, 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 he relished it, uh, and he fed off of it. He was the villain. I mean, he was the definition of a villain. I mean, right to be a Bill Lambeer in the NBA. You love him if you're on your yeah. team, even though, as you mentioned, it was an acquired taste for some of his teammates. And if you're playing against a dude, you couldn't stand him. Even if you just watch like a few <laughs> minutes, you automatically couldn't stand him. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, just in that game, in the 92 game, you know, he, he gets fouled. Luke Olsen gets called for a technical, so he goes to the foul line makes four free throws and then walks over to the student section and raises his hand um you know which you know i went back and watched the game again and, and you know lute olsen did not appreciate him doing that um so yeah i asked don i said could you have survived could you have done that today in the social media age you know just with all the you know all the toxicity uh, that comes with social media and he said that's a good question he said i don't know he said but i know i needed to do it at that time to be the player i was yeah, that's really good. It's an excellent question, and uh, you know, it's uh, something that uh, few things have changed since 1992. I've noticed that over the years. Uh, okay, so there's along those lines. This year's U of A team started strong. They've been, I think, vulnerable since the uh, middle of uh, December. They were lucky to win that game on Saturday. How good do you think is this year's U of A's team? Uh, Bob, I, uh, if you would ask me that uh, at one point in the season, I would have said really good. Um, now, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think this is somewhat of a time where you don't want to overreact because, you know, you're coming off the holidays, the conference season is starting, and, and you, it's not unusual for good teams to, to stumble at some point. Um, you know, they have – not that you know, the Washington State game obviously is, is kind of a, a red flag – didn't look good at all against UCLA, I didn't think. Uh, but I think they have pieces, uh, you know, that that shows that they're going to be a team that, you know, they should win the, the, the conference hands down. I don't think that's much of a question. But I think they have, they're better built maybe for March, but it, it'll be interesting to see how they come out of this stretch. I would expect them maybe to start turning on uh, in a couple weeks in February to gear up toward March. But, yeah, the, there have been a couple games here recently that have been concerning for sure. Okay, even with the U of A off to the uh, Big 12 and UCLA off to the Big 10 uh, next season, it appears that the U of A and UCLA will continue to play in non-conference games. So certainly the coaches seem like they want to do that. Do you get that sense? I, yeah, well, that was the first question I, you know, I checked before I even wrote that story. Is, is there a commitment to um, you know, continuing this? And it, it sounds like you know, both sides definitely want to. But you know how that goes. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a commitment to it. They aim to do it. You could sign contracts and everything, but sometimes, you know, non-conference uh, schedule scheduling gets tricky, and maybe you have to drop it for a year or so. Um, you know, and the interesting thing talking to all those guys, and I'm like, well, the rivalry will continue. They, you know, none none of them. I mean, they were glad, but they said it's not going to be the same. And you know, uh, Matt Arthur from Arizona said, every time you you start a season, your first goal is to win the conference. And back when we played, if you were going to win a conference that night, you had to beat UCLA. So there was so much going into that game. Um, you know, they all agreed that it's not going to be the same. Damon Stoudemire said it's never going to be the same. <laughs> you know, he was pretty strong about it. He said they're going to play one conference game a year. Who cares? 
Um, you know, some guys mentioned that it's pro- it probably will be, it might even be at a neutral site, which would be really a, a disappointment. I haven't heard anything along those lines, but that, you know, that, that would seem to be how these things go nationally, uh, which would really mm-hmm. be unfortunate just because of the, you know, the atmosphere of McHale. You mentioned Don McLean being the villain for UCLA. Really the villain for Arizona all these years has been McHale. <laughs> you know, can you overcome McHale? Yeah, that's um, true. That would, be, that would be really unfortunate if it went that direction. Doug Howard, the athletic curling in the sports zone. Big news from Tucson on Monday and the departure of athletic director Dave Hickey. Were you surprised? I think everybody was surprised by that one. Um, and, and well, it, yeah. It, it, but when you have a situation where you uh, are in a financial hole, uh, you know, the two hundred and what is it, thirty, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty million dollar miscalculation in quotes. Um, Changes have to be made, and I know President Robbins has said that he feels like the um, the athletic department could be or hasn't produced um, financially as much as it, it could as a revenue source. Um, you know, eventually that's probably going to fall back on the athletic director. Uh, so in that sense, it's not a surprise. But you know, the surprising part is is just the timing of it, having just hired a new football coach, um, and also as you know. <laughs> The entire athletic department and then the university in some respects is, is, you know, heading toward this huge transition of going to the Big 12. So, you know, a lot going on with that. It just seems like an odd time to look for uh, an athletic director. But, you know, they have they have some issues for sure. And I don't know how quickly those are going to be ironed out. But, uh, you know, with Jed Fish departing, um, it'll be an interesting time for them. So what do you think about the football program now? You know, as you mentioned, Fish departed after the one really good 10-3 and three season and Brett Brennan is in. Uh, what do you foresee there? Well, I thought Jed Fish was perfect for Tucson. Um, he brought energy. You, he was a kind of coach. And, um, you know, I've been around long enough that when you're around a first-year coach, they all say the same thing. They all say very similar things. But you can tell the coaches who are just saying it because that's the script, that's what needs to be said, and you could tell the coach who the coaches who actually believe what they're saying, Bob. Uh, Jed Fish, I felt like being around him uh, as much as I was in the early days, that you know this he, this might work, this hire might work, and it did quicker than I think anybody expected. Um, he proved what can be accomplished at a basketball school, a school that has had, you know, when he took over was you could arguably say was in the worst shape of any power five program in the country and to win 10 games three years later, that's remarkable. As a side note, I'm not convinced that that will translate that energy, that passion translates at a school that, you know, at like Washington, um, you know, (laughs) energy, passion, that's all great, but it's not needed. It's not, it doesn't need that fan base, all that. That's already there. So I'm not sure whether Jed fish will be successful in other places, but he, I thought he was perfect for uh, for Tucson, and you know it's kind of the nature of college football uh, now these days that people kind of go where the money is. It's a better job, obviously. But I really think I would have been more concerned about that program if uh, the news Saturday didn't come out that Noah Fafita and uh, T Mac weren't going to come back. Um, right. Those two guys are extremely talented. I mean, Noah Fafita is is an incredibly talented quarterback. You know, I, people have called him maybe a French Heisman Trophy candidate um, next year. I don't know if next year, but I think it's in his future. I think he's that good. How is he not the starting quarterback to begin the year? I know that Delora was good before, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> you just watch the two dudes. I mean, my God, there's no comparison. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and I think they brought in, you know, they 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 signed or they got a commitment from from uh, Fafita, and then they brought in uh, Jane Delora to transfer, and you know, maybe it made sense to start uh, to go with a more accomplished, experienced quarterback. Um, you know, but I've ta- I've talked to I did a story on Noah earlier this year, and you know, I talked to his dad. You know, everything they did, they they um, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like, oh, great, you know, Jaden goes down against Stanford. Now we got to get our backup ready. They had been grooming him. I mean, they knew. It wasn't like they didn't know that Noah was going to be their guy at some point. They knew. Uh, so, you know, they had been grooming him. He was in all the me- leadership meetings. Um, his, his actual NIL deal was, <laughs> it was pretty good for a backup. Not that the university has any say in that, but – um, you know, it, the coaching staff was well aware of how talented he was. But, yeah, when, when somebody actually – until they actually get on the field to do it, I think maybe everyone's like, wow, why didn't this happen a little bit earlier? Talking with Doug Haller from The Athletic. Okay, let's uh, shift to the Valley here. The Suns have won six straight. Have they turned it around? Man, I hate to say that. I, I, I mean, it's it's the question – it seems like right? – I, I hate to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> because so many times this year, Bob, I felt like okay, I think they're gonna they're starting to put it together. And even during this um, six game win streak, you know, they beat the Pacers. You know, but you know they were down one in the final minutes. You know, and the the Pacers were playing without Tyree Halliburton. Um, you know, can I don't trust them to be able to get stops, even though they've been better defensively these last in the fourth quarter of these last two games. Uh, I still have concerns there, but I will say. Having those three guys on the court, uh, you know, Billy Donovan said it last night. You know, they're they're the best team, offensive team in the league when those three guys are on the court. And then you add in Grayson Allen, who's just you know throwing in jump wide open jumpers in the corner all night. Um, they're dangerous. You know, they're getting ready to go on this road street or road trip. I think seven games. You know, they're they're winnable games. I wouldn't be surprised if this winning streak can maybe stretch you know to nine, ten games. Uh, even though winning on the road is hard, you know, it's possible. Whether or not they've turned the corner, I, you know, I'm not. I just can't go and become like a championship contender that we've all expected from the from day one. I'm not there yet, but they're sh- no, without question they're in a much better place than they were a couple of weeks ago. The Diamondbacks pitchers and catchers begin spring training on Valentine's Day. Uh, the organization's certainly been busy this off season. Do do we know if they have anything else planned before February 14th? Well, I think everyone's kind of speculated that they're looking for someone who can fill that DH role. Um, so possibly there. Uh, but, you know, what they've done in the offseason, I think if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you have to be encouraged bolstering the, the pitching staff, adding a third baseman, uh, making key signings to your free agents. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're building off of their net. You can tell it's an organization that's not satisfied. Ken Kendrick has said they're going to have the highest payroll uh, that they've had in their history. Um, you know, I think it's hard to say that, uh, you know, they're going to do what they did last year just based on what the Dodgers did and, and everything else in their division. But, you know, you have to be encouraged with – I think they've improved their team for sure over, uh, you know, the end since they you know, were in the – since we last saw them in the World Series. Uh, and you, the great thing about it, Bob, is I think there's an anticipation for, for spring training. <laughs> you know, when, yeah. when's the last time you could say that? People can't wait uh, for this team to get back out on the field uh, and that's great. That's great. You know, I was just being there for the World Series games. Um, you know, there, this can be a baseball town. You know, I don't know if we're there yet, but just the energy and passion. Uh, I've covered Super Bowls here. I've covered, you know, big college football games uh, all over the country. And the World Series, you know, what, uh, 
you know, how the, the energy in that stadium, which is <laughs> normally not quite to that level, it, it was impressive. It really was. And I really want, I'm really anxious to see how the team responds. I also am even more uh, excited to see how the fan base uh, kind of rallies around this team. Yeah, and I, usually they kind of need to get off to a fast start for people to stay interested in any sport in this town. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, if they would stumble out of the blacks, uh, blocks early, I hope that people stick with them. So it'll be a, that'll be an interesting little test here. Speaking of uh, that type of thing, the Cardinals, they won too many damn games. Uh, they're drafting <laughs> fourth. Uh, do we expect them to be active in free agency, the Cardinals? Well, they have, yeah, they have to, they have to be, um, you know, finishing where they did and doing it the way they did, um, you know, signing guys to minimal contracts, getting guys in here, good character guys, football character guys, as Jonathan Gannon likes to say, um, all of that was done to kind of build the foundation that they want. Uh, culture is an overused term, but I think this year for the Cardinals, it was important. Uh, mm-hmm. But now you have to add talent. I mean, I think for most of the year, it was obvious that the Cardinals were at a pretty significant talent disadvantage. So they have the cap space to go out and pursue uh, free agents. Um, they're positioned well, even with uh, the fourth pick. They're positioned well even with the Houston Texans doing better than what anybody thought. Um, yeah. They're positioned well in the draft. So they're, they are in a place where they can make a significant jump. Does that mean they can contend for the playoffs? I don't know, but it's in the NFL. It's certainly possible, um, you know. And it, Kyler Murray uh, was the big question, of course. And you know, I felt like he did enough to keep his job, or you know, to be the guy. Uh, you know, is he ever going to be? Is he going to be a top ten quarterback? I don't. I don't know that, Bob. I don't know the answer to that. But I do think they can win with him, and I think that's the question uh, that they needed answered this year. So defense and wide receiver, would those be maybe the top targets here? Pretty much anything in defense except for safety. Uh, and wide receiver, am I yeah. accurate in a, you know, guessing that? No, yeah, I think you're right. I think you could go 1A, 1B with that. Uh, I think with, if there's a talent like Marvin Harrison available uh, at number four, even though you know one through five taking a wide receiver – uh, a little risky, I think, but yeah. unless it's the right guy. I mean, we've certainly seen that uh, play out in the past with Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson in years. Um, not saying that Marvin Harrison will be in that class, but uh, I, their receivers last year um, were lacking, to say it lightly. Uh, you know, and that was, I think that's one of the reasons it made it so hard to kind of evaluate Kyla's progress uh, is, you know, they were just so limited there. And Trey McBride, the the tight end had a breakout year, but other than that, when Greg Dortch is kind of your, you know, your your main playmaker yeah. out there, uh, you, you have obstacles. So that's definitely a place that they need to upgrade defensively, like you said, across the board. They weren't getting a pass rush at all for you know those last handful of games. Um, really need help there on the defensive line. So and corners been, gosh, it seems like that's huh. just an annual thing with the Cardinals that they've always needed yes. somebody to go out there and shut somebody down. I've been joking for years. It used to be like for you know, like a decade, it was, can they find a corner opposite Patrick Peterson? And uh, then, then it's basically, could they find two corners? And now they need like four of them. So other than yeah. that, uh, things, you know, it's that that's like to me the biggest area that need to, they need to address, uh, especially in a division where you got the Rams and the 49ers still. 
yeah, you're not going to survive uh, if you can't impact a quarterback in some way and if you can't slow down. Uh, I mean, there are so many yeah. talented receivers in the NFL these days. You, you have to do it. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I'm always hesitant to give first year. You know, Jonathan Gannon and staff, I thought, did a great job at the same time. You know, they won four games. So this is big for them. They need to really take a huge leap, and they have uh, the assets in place with the cap space, the draft positioning to do it. Um, I think Monty Austin Ford uh, has done really well uh, in his first year as GM, but I think this is really where he's going to have to be uh, on top of his game for the Cardinals to take the next step. Doug, appreciate it as always. Really enjoyed the Juve and UCLA nostalgia. That was great stuff. And uh, having, uh, you know, familiar with all those players to some extent uh, that you, uh, you know, had quotes about. And uh, that was fun. So thanks. Thanks for that. And uh, I'm sure we'll be checking back soon. Thanks. All right. Cool, Bob. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. My pleasure. Doug Howard from The Athletic. And if uh, you're just even a casual U of A fan or just a casual college basketball fan, you need to check out uh, Doug for a lot of reasons, but especially that story from late last week about the U of A and UCLA. I immediately got a hold of Kayla and said, we got to get Doug, but I can't really do it till next Tuesday because we got all this NFL stuff going on. So we got it in today. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also some bottom line answers from the pipeline and today's local roundup time pending. A uh, little Suns Bulls from last night. Another rally for the Suns. Uh, and then uh, we'll wrap up the show and our uh, morning block of programming uh, one hour today because uh, Kayla's got corporate responsibilities and all kinds of things. She's the busiest person in Maricopa County and works really hard. And, uh, you know, that's why she's not here on Tuesdays, uh, which is uh, you know, her prerogative. And plus, she's got a million things to do. Uh, so that's why this works. One hour Tuesday, and then, of course, we have the usual routine with the uh, Sports Zone from 10 to 1. And then on uh, 10 to 10, uh, thank God it's not from 10 to 1, from 10 to 11. And then the extra point, of course, on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from 11 o'clock to 1. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. In addition to local roundup, if you want to duck in phone call-wise real fast, 602-260-1060. Get in right now if you want to participate. First up, uh, the bottom line for today answers the pipeline questions. We started the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, will the questionable status of Debo Samuel determine your uh, selection? of the, the Sunday 49ers and Lions game. The bottom line is I think the Niners are going to win the game, but Debo's status will likely be a factor uh, before I decide whether I'm actually going to lay a touchdown or take a touchdown with the Lions in this game. Today's ex-poll question, should the Juve and UCLA continue to play in basketball after they leave for the Big 12 and the Big 10? The bottom line is that the Juve and UCLA must continue playing and not discontinue the best basketball rivalry on the West Coast. Their annual games have been almost uh, watched television, even nationally, in recent years. Uh, I'm uncertain how many spotlight games the U of A and UCLA are actually going to have when they leave uh, for the Big 12 and the Big 10. Even more reason that they need to play once a season, and even in the non-conference game, 
Doug mentioned in the last hour there's talk about a neutral side, and I get that. I mean, if they could just like do like a two-year contract or a longer contract and play every other year in one of the home arenas that we've uh, come accustomed to watching their playing in in McHale or Pauley Pavilion, that would be the greatest thing if they continue the series, which they definitely need to do. Also on the local front, uh, should uh, we now buy the Suns after the six consecutive victories? Bottom line, the Suns are certainly playing at their highest level of the season right now. Now they begin a seven-game road trip. I'm not quite buying in yet. More on the Suns in a couple of moments. Zach Ertz, will he help the Lions? The bottom line is that Zach Ertz uh, looked finished, quite frankly. This uh, season with the Cardinals was uh, released on Halloween. He was a free agent until yesterday morning. I would be stunned if he really does much to help the Lions, which could be just one game if the Lions get eliminated on Sunday against San Francisco and they are a touchdown underdog. Also spanning the globe, uh, does Josh Allen's shoulder injury mean uh, that he should uh, get some get, get a little slack for the fourth quarter performance during Sunday's loss to the Chiefs? The bottom line is that Josh Allen's shoulder certainly looked fine on Sunday when he threw that touchdown pass to Khalil Shakir. That's one of the best passes I've seen from any quarterback this season. Uh, I think the biggest problem with Allen, almost all of his issues in his career, have been his bad decisions not his athleticism, and whether his shoulder is hurt. Also right now, it is last call for the NFL Divisional Playoff Round, which lived up to the hype as usual. Uh, question being, what or who most stood out during the NFL Divisional Playoff Round? And the bottom line to me, we heard a highlight at the top of the hour, it's Jared Goff, uh, who with he was facing, I think, enormous pressure, uh, being favored to win two home playoff games in Detroit, uh, those you know, the high energy, you know, crowd was going nuts. The prices for the tickets this past weekend were outrageous, uh, even by NFL standards on the open on the uh, on the you know, on the on the uh, you know scalper market. And he was especially impressive to me the last two weeks. I can't imagine that he or anybody else in that situation would have played any better, except for maybe Mahomes, but. That's a whole different year. Mahomes is a whole different topic to everybody else. There's Mahomes, and then there's everybody else. All right. In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, anything else that caught your eye since our last show, 602-260-1060. This is definitely a last call for phone calls right now if you want to get in. Local roundup, at least a little bit here. The Suns rallied from down 20 uh, to win again last night. Kevin Durant's... Uh, you know, his heroics uh, continued, 43 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. He wasn't actually very good in the first half. He was 4 out of 13 and 0 out of 6 from Von York. But he ended up making uh, you know, 12 of 19 shots after halftime, including 6 out of 9 from behind the arc. And this came after he got 40 points on Sunday night in the win against the Pacers, so 83 points in two games. That's pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, the Suns have won their last nine meetings against the Bulls. The Bulls actually led this game 79-56 to before the Suns ended the game on a 59-34 to run. Uh, quite a turnaround there. And Drew Eubanks was a big reason, uh, no pun intended, big reason, uh, for the victory last night. That's something I've not said this year. In fact, Eubanks has struggled enough this season that at times he hasn't even been the second big man off the bench. But last night, Eubanks played 22 minutes, 
He delivered 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. He also played nearly every minute down the stretch uh, instead of Yusuf Nurkic, who really had Nurkic had no chance uh, defending the Bulls' screen and roll game, which is elite with those guards they have. But he had uh, Nurkic had no shot at that. Eubanks at least had a chance uh, and sometimes made defensive plays. And he made some really good passes in that final stretch of the game, including the one in the corner to uh, you know, Grayson Allen, one to Durant in the corner too. Uh, last night was the Suns' second consecutive comeback, or I should rephrase that, second massive comeback within a week at home, obviously. And Nurkic was actually on the bench during the majority of that fourth quarter rally in their win last week against the Kings. So maybe there's something there. He's a really good player with the ball in his hands. He's maybe I think he's their best passer of any player. Um, and he can shoot. Uh, he's not a good defender. He's a, He can get rebounds, and there's a lot of rebounds to be had in the Suns games and really NBA games in general these days. Uh, but uh, he obviously cannot defend the pick and roll. That is a big problem, and that uh, might be a big problem for the Suns all season long. Last night also included uh, two frequent Suns issues. They got out of hustle for much of the game. You know, I talk about the U of A and 50-50 balls every game that they play, and they don't get very many of them. Same thing with the Suns. Also, the Suns can't keep point guards out of the paint. Anybody that's a good point guard that can get uh, into the paint dribble penetration-wise, they have a feast against the Suns. Last night, Kobe, uh, Co- Cody, Kobe White for the Bulls, their point guard, he was the best player on the floor until Durant's fourth quarter and second half heroics. In fact, White almost had a triple-double in this game. He ended up with 26 points, 9 assists, and 10 rebounds. Personnel news, both teams were missing key players. Eric Gordon with the right wrist soreness was out. Also, Bull Bull, who I wouldn't say is a key player, uh, but he was out with a right foot sprain. And actually, Bull Bull being out is, uh, I think, one reason why Eubanks actually played more. Um, if Bull Bull had been active and playing for the Suns last night, I mean, I'm not even sure Eubanks plays in the game. Meanwhile, for the Bull, Zach Levine with the right ankle sprain and also former son, uh, Tory Craig, with a plantar fascia issue, they were both inactive. Tonight, the Suns are to me, up next tomorrow. The Suns begin a seven-game road trip at Dallas. That's the uh, part of NF, NBA Rivalry Week, as they're calling it. I don't remember an NBA Rivalry Week before, but I guess that they've had this before. Maybe they did it last year. I was paying even less attention to the regular season than I usually do. <laughs> And I don't pay attention to the NBA regular season if you've missed it, except for the Suns, because that's part of my job. And I was highly entertained, I must admit, uh, watching that game last night. That was a very fun basketball game to watch. That's one of the, uh, the, to me, that's the most fun Suns game there's been this season. I thought the Bulls played at a high level, and the Suns really had to play at a high level in the last few minutes of that game to win the game against a team that was playing well. So that's good uh, for sure. Okay, if you missed it earlier, Dave Hickey, the uh, yeah, the University of Arizona, and Dave Hickey has uh, parted ways. We talked about that with Doug in the last segment. Um, I'm guessing we're going to have a little more on this at some uh, strategical point in the sports zone. Probably not this week because starting tomorrow – we're going to be filled with NFL previews for the championship Sunday as far as conference championship Sunday. But 
at some point, we will definitely have more on what the heck's going on at the University of Arizona and the athletic program. All right, next segment, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show. With the National Roundup, that'll be topped by the updated numbers and odds for NFL Conference Championship Sunday, sides and totals, and whatever else I can jam into the final segment of today's one-hour radio extravaganza. You're listening to Sports Zone, which is the one-hour radio extravaganza, with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2100.7. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Doug Howard from The Athletic. Uh, once again, check out Doug's outstanding story about the Pac 12 basketball rivalry over the years between the U of A and UCLA. On Wednesday, uh, we'll get into the NFL Conference uh, Championship games, starting with a Chiefs and Ravens preview. Luke Jones, our longtime Ravens guest from WNST in Baltimore, scheduled to join us tomorrow at 10.15. Sound day courtesy of Fox, ESPN2, 3TV, and ABC. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. Let's jump ahead a little local uh, national roundup, I should say. Uh, we'll start the latest line from AF, uh, NFL Championship Sunday, as they call it. Uh, in the NFC, the uh, 49ers opened six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lions. The total opened at 50-and-a-half. It's now 7-and-51, uh, with the Niners obviously favored. The Ravens opened three-point favorites against the Chiefs. Total was 45 in the opening number. Now we're sitting at three-and-a-half and 44-and-a-half. So up a half point in uh, the side and down a half point in the total. Uh, and to add, uh, basically, uh, here's a little Nevada consensus odds to win the Super Bowl. The 49ers plus 145, the Ravens plus 200, Chiefs plus 350, and the Lions a long shot at plus 700, 7 to 1, basically, for the Lions at this point. Quickly, let's uh, throw in some rip from the headlines and from the wire. Uh, From the NFL, the Lions will be without their high-level left guard, Jonah Jackson. He's been rolled out for the rest of the season. I don't know if they've officially announced that, but he's definitely not playing this week because of the knee injury that he sustained last Sunday against the Buccaneers. Meanwhile, Lions center Frank Ragnall, who is, I think, the best center in the NFL, he made it through Sunday with a sprained ankle and sprained knee. He is expected to play on Sunday at San Francisco. Meanwhile, the Titans hired a head coach on Monday. Uh, they went with now former uh, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, who is known to be an excellent tutor of quarterbacks. Uh, the Falcons appear to be the only team that has interviewed Bill Belichick, which could mean that he's only interested in the Atlanta job. It could mean that other teams aren't interested in Belichick, but... Uh, you know, make your own decision there trying to figure out what's going on with that. Uh, the Chargers had a second meeting with Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the Eagles in the last 24 hours have now fired both of their coordinators. Uh, the, the Last night or today, the last 24 hours, uh, they have fired offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. Meanwhile, the 49ers on Monday, uh, not the 49ers, the Bears, excuse me, on Monday hired Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator. 
which means that former head uh, Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is not going to get that gig. He interviewed for that gig. But Kingsbury might still be on the Bears uh, staff. There's talk that he might be the offensive coordinator, especially if they draft Caleb Williams, who, of course, Kingsbury coached last season as an assistant at USC. The Eagles' defensive coordinator opening uh, uh, might go to former Commanders and Panthers head coach Ron Rivera. Uh, he's either interest, uh, he's either interviewing or already has, has interviewed for that job. I'm not sure which, actually. Uh, and the Raiders promoted Antonio Pierce to their full-time head coach after being a general manager after uh, uh, before they hired a general manager, and now they're looking at Tom Telesco, formerly as the Chargers, as their next possible general manager. All right, that's it for today's spectacular one-hour program called the Sports Zone. We'll be back on Wednesday with three hours of local programming. The Sports Zone from 10 to 11, followed by the Extra Point from 11 to 1 o'clock. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your day, everybody.